You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Locked On Sooners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. And joining me today, as he does every day, is former Oklahoma Sooners offensive lineman David Walker. You can follow David on Twitter at D underscore Walk74. You can also hear him on the Iron Horse Podcast with NFL cornerback Brandon Carr. David, happy Friday morning to you. How you doing, man? Well, it's a Friday, so there's only one way to be. I'm doing fantastic. Uh, but it's a newsworthy Friday because here we are sitting on a Thursday afternoon, minding our own business. And all of a sudden the texts start flooding in, the tweets start flying in. Lon Kruger announces his retirement kind of out of nowhere, but I don't personally feel surprised, uh, but newsworthy nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, he's been in the game for a long, long time. I mean, I mean, very successful coach. I, I think for Oklahoma standards, probably one of the best that they've had. And, you know, to get to, you know, elite eights to have deep tournament runs at times and, and to produce the star talent that they've had go to the NBA, you know, it says a lot about what he's done with the program and how he's built it. Yeah. I just think stepping back for a second at long Kruger, I mean, obviously what he did at Oklahoma in a 10 year span, seven NCAA tournaments, two sweet 16s, a final four in 2016, top 10 pick in Buddy Hield, a player of the year in Buddy Hield, a freshman of the year in Trey Young. So there's those like high points that you remember, but bigger than that, it's what he took them out of when he took this job. Jeff Capel, yes, he got them to an elite eight. Yes, he had Blake Griffin, had a good run there, but man, like the wheels fell off of the schooner like completely. Like that gif of the schooner tipping over, that's what Jeff Capel did to this program when he, when he left. And so Lon Kruger came in as this stabilizing force and a guy who was, you know, above reproach nationally from a a reputation perspective, class act all the way. And he brought this program from the depths of despair, essentially just in disarray, rocked by scandals. Kelvin Sampson had left with the NCAA violations. Jeff Capel got them into some hot water, had players leaving, losing record. And then Lon Kruger comes in, steadies that ship gets them to a final four and, you know, on his parting shot here, he had a team that defied expectations and got to the top 10 and finished in the second round, lost to Gonzaga. I think kind of went out on their shield. He kind of carried them out on their shield if you want to look at it that way. So I think what he did in that 10 year window is huge for the future of this program. And then arguably when you look back in historical context of Billy Tubbs, Kelvin Sampson, Lon Kruger, all three of those guys at their pinnacle, they went to one Final Four. Yes, Billy Tubbs got to a title game, but Samson won Final Four. Tubbs won Final Four. Kruger won Final Four. And he did it in a shorter period of time than Samson and Billy Tubbs. So his tenure was shorter, but his impact in, in the big picture was very similar. And then when you factor in that off the field or off the court stuff, that he was able to kind of like rectify some bad things and get them going in the right direction that the university can be proud of. You know, he's definitely in the conversation with those guys. He has a seat at the table with Billy Tubbs, with Kelvin Sampson, when it comes to, you know, the best coaches in Oklahoma basketball. It starts and ends with those three. And then it's a 
a healthy debate about who had the biggest impact when you factor in everything involved. It's pretty amazing. The kind of the, the coaching talent that they've had over the years, you know, you mentioned those three guys and, and to have that quality of coaching on the basketball side of things, they're pretty much, you know, it, it doesn't have the accolades and the national championships that the football side of things does. But I think you could argue that they're as quality of a coach, like they're really, really good basketball coaches, like well-respected nationally. I mean, you saw it on Twitter. I mean, Roy Williams from UNC going on, you know, having a, doing a video for Lon Kruger talking about, you know, his impact and his, what he meant to the game. I think it just goes to show what a great coach that he was and just a great person that he was for the game of basketball. And I think he's going to be missed, you know, you know, I think some people were maybe a little disappointed with the way that the season ended and weren't really taking stock or had much perspective about uh, Lon Kruger. But I think, you know, with him stepping out, hopefully people are understanding what an impact he had. And, and you mentioned that. And we're going to talk more about who they should look to as their next head coach uh, for the Oklahoma men's basketball team on our Monday episode. But coming up in the next couple segments, David had a great sit down with the GOAT of uh, recruiting that's over at Rivals, uh, Mike Farrell. Now, Dave, you want to tell him a little bit about what you guys talked about? Yeah, coming up in this conversation, you're not going to want to miss my conversation with Mike Farrell from Rivals.com. He's a national columnist, like you said, a recruiting guru nationally, has his finger on the pulse of recruiting. And he kind of went out out there challenging Lincoln Riley about the Chandler Moore situation. And as you well know, Sooner fans, I am on the other side of this conversation. I am there backing Lincoln Riley's play on this. So as you can imagine, we have a healthy, robust conversation. We kept it professional and it didn't get hostile, but I think we we're both able to articulate our points of where we see this situation, why we feel like it's bigger than Chandler Morris. And it's not just a Chandler Morris, Lincoln Riley, Gary Patterson conversation. This is something that has far bigger implications down the road, depending on where Lincoln stands on this issue. So you're not going to want to miss that conversation. So definitely stick around for that. Yeah, and big shout out to uh, to Mike for coming on the show. He uh, kind of issued a challenge out there on Twitter. Any Sooners podcast want to discuss this whole situation? And you know, somebody tagged us, and we're like, "Hey, how about us?" And he's I'm like, sorry. "Okay, bet." I'm sitting here like, "I'm your Huckleberry. I'll, yeah. I will. I will have that conversation." Anytime, anywhere. Let's do this thing. That's we right. Did. That's right. So, hey, uh, but big thanks to Mike for coming on the show. It was, it was a pleasure to have him and uh, we appreciate his time. So make sure you stick around for that and we'll. Uh, have more again on the Oklahoma coaching search on the men's side and on the women's side uh, on the Monday episode of the Locked On Sooners podcast. So make sure you are subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. But first, let me talk to you a little bit about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They give you real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online even has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code Locked On. So go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I also want to tell you about our friends over at Country Leisure. Are you ready to get into pool ownership? Are you, have you been thinking about getting a hot tub? Well, with summer just around the corner, now is the time for you to create your backyard oasis by contacting the people at Country Leisure. They've been experts in the industry for 35 years. They offer great customer service and education is a priority one for them. They want you to know what you're getting into and they want you to know how to take care of your, your pool or your hot tub. 
They want you to have a relaxation experience in your backyard so that you and your family and your friends can get out of the house, get out from in front of the tablets and the TV and just build relationship and spend time together in the sun and improving your health and your well-being. And there's no better way to do that than by getting in the pool, getting in the hot tub and being out there with your friends and family. I know that Every summer, I look forward to opportunities that I get to get outside, whether it's to cook out on the grill or to go to the pool or water park with my kid, uh, just any opportunity to get outside, especially to get in the water. And so if you've ever thought about getting into pool ownership, now is the time. They're located in Moore, Oklahoma, but they can get to anywhere in Oklahoma. So you can call or text at 405-799-7745, or you can go to countryleisuremfg.com and check out all the things that they have to offer. Located off of I-35 in Moore, Oklahoma. Again, call or text at 405-799-7745. Country Leisure, just add water. And get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sooner fans, this is D-Walk here, and I am privileged to sit down with Mike Farrell, national columnist at Rivals.com, and we're going to have... A conversation around this whole Lincoln Riley, Chandler Morris, Gary Patterson, three-way dance. Maybe it's a four-way dance with the Big 12 rule in place as well. And obviously, you know, we've had a lot of conversations about this situation here this week on the show. And wanted to bring Mike on to give kind of the national perspective on this, get his take on it, and also kind of have the perception that he's hearing, uh, being a part of Rivals, what he's hearing out there and what, what his thoughts are about it. So, Mike. The floor is yours, man. I think our listeners, they've kind of heard my spiel on it, and I've, I'm happy to have that conversation. But uh, what's your take on all this situation? Yeah, and, you know, I tweeted something out in response to Lincoln Riley's statement, and, you know, I was incorrect. You know, it was a quick tweet. So I said that, you know, he's obviously gotten three transfers, and all of them have been out of conference. Baker Mayfield was in conference, but Texas Tech, to me, isn't really – someone that moves the needle. So I didn't think properly before that one, but Jalen Hurts, you know, grad transfer, immediate help. Um, obviously Kyler Murray had to sit out and, and it's an antiquated rule to me just because, you know, coaches can move around. We're in a day and age where you got to give more freedom to the prospects and the players, you know, they're talking about possibly paying them or name image likeness. And, and, you know, the NCAA is really the villain here because they're allowing Lincoln Riley to be able to do this. This was supposed to be passed last spring, the one-time transfer rule, and there was no talk of inter- or intra-conference differences. Uh, and then COVID hit, and everything became a mess. The calendar for transfers became a mess. So I get why they pushed it to the end of the season. They were supposed to do it in January. Then they did not. Mm-hmm. And now they can down the road. It's supposed to be April. Who knows? But it's really one Zoom meeting amongst the NCAA powers that be to get this done. Uh, the ACC did it themselves a week ago. I think the, the Power Five conferences should join in, and, and that would push the NCAA to get this done. So it's not really an attack on Lincoln Riley. It came off that way, certainly. And, and listen, I don't like what he said. Um, you know, coaches like what fits their agenda. And if they're on the opposite side of it, you know, Gary Patterson disagrees. Um, but – the, the transfer rule needs to go in place and these kids need to be going where they want to, whether it's inter or intra conference. Yeah. And here's, here's kind of the context I look at it in. Uh, I think there's so many different ramifications of this rule that, you know, I, I use the phrase like Chandler Morris and Lincoln Riley, like their specific situation is just a pawn in this bigger picture of this entire conversation. So 
I think back on like when I was playing at Oklahoma and I chose to transfer, I like Baker Mayfield, I had walked on and two years in, I'm deciding to transfer and my options were potentially go to the big 12 schools and sit out two years, which was the, at the time the rule If interconference, you, you sit out two years, go to Arkansas state, which is what I ultimately did and sit out a full season because they're a division one team in the Sun Belt, or an FCS school in Missouri state where I could have played immediately because I dropped down a level. So that was 2004. That's how things were at that time, right? Now we fast forward to the transfer portal comes into play after Baker Mayfield had got that real change on the back end of his career where if you kind of walk back those Baker Mayfield years, he transferred from Texas Tech within the league as a walk-on, leaving Texas Tech without a scholarship, coming to Oklahoma without a scholarship, and still sat the full year. It was given the opportunity to play after setting out a year. There's Kyler Murray who set out a year coming from A&M. And as you mentioned, Jalen, the grad transfer. So there's an outside perspective. I think nationally it's like, well, the transfer quarterback king now has a problem with somebody doing it. And, and But at the same time, those two Heisman winners that he had set out a full season. And then now they changed that rule for Baker where he got that extra year of eligibility on the backside due to the fact that he challenged it and said, well, I was a walk-on and walk-ons should be treated differently than scholarship players. And that to me is one of the things that I don't think we're talking about enough here in this Chandler Moore situation is he signed a scholarship to go play at Oklahoma and knowing that the big 12 rule is in place that if you were to transfer, there's 120 schools out there you could go to and not have this, not have this rule be even in the conversation. But if you're going to go to a direct competitor in the league, that rule is not Lincoln Riley's rule. And my thought on it is it's not Lincoln Riley's obligation to circumvent that rule to benefit a program within his own conference. Yeah, and that, that's a good point. I mean, obviously, if you're Lincoln Riley, you don't want Chandler Morris, who's not, let's, let's be honest, not an overly talented quarterback. He's not afraid of Chandler Morris's talent. He's afraid of Chandler Morris's knowledge of the offensive and defensive system at, at, at Oklahoma. So I can see from Lincoln Riley's situation that he would not want someone with that type of knowledge going directly to TCU. Now, again, whether he sits out of here, he's still going to have that knowledge. Right. Uh, so, you know, my, my thing is this, and again, it's, it's, it's less directed at Lincoln Riley than it is at the NCAA because this is ridiculous. You know, um, the transfer rule – is going to be put in place. And and I doubt there's going to be interconference exceptions to it. I think you're going to be able to go where you want, when you want, one time, doesn't matter, period. Um, you know, the fact that the NCAA has let it hang out there for so long and allowed situations like this to occur, now lawyers are going to get involved, which they always do right. when, when transfers are attempted to be blocked. Um, eventually Chandler Morris is going to end up at TCU because the kids always win in these situations. So it's just a delaying the inevitable to me, but we wouldn't even have this good guy, bad guy discussion had the big 12 or the, the, the NCAA say, listen, this is ridiculous. Let's just do this. Um, the ACC allowed intra conference. So I get that, you know, the NCAA is going to allow inter, but, you know, my point being is not so much that Lincoln Riley has benefited so much from transfer quarterbacks. That's kind of the fun angle to make to, to make uh, fun of, so to speak. It's assistant coaches can go wherever they want, whenever they want. Um, you know, in conference, out of conference, NFL doesn't matter. Lincoln Riley could have left for the Cowboys a couple of years ago. Right. You know, if he wanted to, you know, and 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 they can move freely because what they're adults. 
and we're treating these kids as if they aren't adults. So not only is the NCAA and, and college football making money off the backs of the players, but now they're they're still in 2021 dictating where they can and cannot go. Uh, it feels a lot like ownership to me of the kids. And that's why I'm pro name image likeness. I'm pro transfer rule and, and just let them go. But I, I completely get his point. If he can do it, then do it. But yeah. to me, it's just not a great look. And we'll be back with more of my conversation with Mike Farrell right after this on the Locked On Sooners podcast. And before we talk more with Mike Farrell at Rivals.com, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Look, it's the best tasting protein bar in the market. It's not close. Trust me, I have two per day, pre-workout, post-workout. It is my go-to. And at BuiltBar.com and on their Twitter page, at Bar underscore Built, you can get in on Built Bar Madness where they are debating and voting on which flavor is the king of Built Bar. And right now, the matchup is Cookie Dough Chunk versus Birthday Cake. Go get in on the action and make your selection at BuiltBar.com. And while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And are you ready for the NFL Draft? Join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sakema and Benjamin Solak as they give you their latest positional rankings and analysis on the 2021 NFL Draft prospects with team-centric guest mocks right around the corner. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so this is where I think this is part of a larger conversation and not just related to Chandler Morris. Is you know Chandler Morris signed with Oklahoma, knowing that they had Spencer Rattler on campus, knowing that Caleb Williams was committed coming in behind as the number one quarterback in America. His dad was a division one head coach at the time. There should have been no question marks in the mind of a kid like Chandler Morris about if I go to Oklahoma and I am trained by their staff, by their coaching staff, I'm going to be a Lincoln Riley disciple. Like to me, like this was a good business decision for Chandler Morris to go to Oklahoma knowing, Hey, I might not crack that rotation, but I'll give it a year or two, see what I can learn. I'll come out of Oklahoma ready to transfer somewhere else. Having been a part of an elite strength and conditioning program where they're going to train and develop me. I'm going to be in the quarterback room with the best quarterbacks in the country with the quarterback guru. And I will come out of there a Lincoln Riley guy, even if I didn't get a lot of reps and I'll be more marketable to go somewhere else. However, knowing I can do those things, but if I go within the big 12, as it sets up, if I want to come back home to Texas, like Tanner Mordecai that just left Oklahoma to go to SMU, no issues whatsoever out of conference. He could have done, done that, or he could have gone to any other power five conference. But when you chose to go to a big 12 school this is where Lincoln Riley has to, in my opinion, stick on this hill and die on it if necessary, because just like I mentioned Caleb Williams, this is a bigger conversation than Chandler Morris, because if he allows and gives in and says, yeah, sure, Chandler Morris can go play immediately. Well, what happens hypothetically, uh, Mike, and this is where I, I was kind of going with it, is you're going to have Spencer Rattler, who's a Heisman you know, caliber guy uh, on paper, 
Caleb Williams, number one quarterback in America. They're going to have a battle, however that shakes out. If one or two, one of those guys in 2022 says, hey, man, I lost that starting job in 21. Steve Sarkeesian has it going at Texas. They need a guy. They don't have the guy yet. I can be the guy, and I'm going to leave and go to Texas. Now, all of a sudden, Lincoln Riley's hands are tied because he just set the precedent with Chandler Morris. Now you've got two elite guys sitting there on campus. Now what, what happens when it becomes those kind of players that are leaving? And, and it's a Chandler Morris that's like, oh, come on, Oklahoma. You don't need him. That's petty. But there could come a time where it's somebody else. Now you're letting your direct rival benefit from somebody you recruited, you developed, you coached up, and then they get this ready-made product to go day one. Yeah, and that's a good point as well. Obviously, Chandler Morris and Caleb Williams, there's a huge difference in talent. There's a huge difference in options, too. I don't know what other options Chandler Morris had. Um, the, the thought in high school was that he was being given looks mainly because his dad was a Division One coach. I saw him throw the football. Uh, he, to me, was not a Power 5 prospect. Um, you know, Oklahoma took him maybe – they took him for depth. Maybe they took him because they knew they wouldn't be able to get another four-star with, you know, the talent that they have coming in. Um, maybe they wanted a developmental guy as a backup to push. Maybe they felt he'd be Kyle Trask and be the next superstar that comes out of nowhere. I- I'm not sure what other options that, you know, Chandler Morris had. Uh, I'm assuming TCU isn't the only one. But I'm also feeling a lot of confusion from kids with this transfer portal rule that they think, and he shouldn't because his dad's a Division One coach and, you know, has been there and done that, but they still think that they can go anywhere they want, one-time transfer rule, and I think that's what he was doing. So, yeah, I get the point. I, I You know, Jalen Hurts transferred to Oklahoma as a grad transfer, and, and Alabama couldn't really do anything about anything uh, because he was a grad transfer. Um, you know, Alabama and Oklahoma – were both national title contenders. You know, uh, Nick Saban certainly would have loved to see Jalen Hurts go to some other school that's not going to run into him in the playoff down the line. Sometimes you can't control these things, but I get why he has to do it. I just don't, I don't like it because, you know, I, I think this kid might not have any other good options. We don't know. It's Chandler Morris is not going to be able to pick from 65 power or 64 other power five schools. He's not that talented. So maybe TCU is the only fit he could have. Yeah. And, and I, that's where I mean, I think TCU is a, a good enough program to say that, man, there's a San Jose state or there's a, you know, a UTEP or there's somebody out there that would be like, yeah, three-star guy, coach's son came out of Oklahoma for a year. Like we'll, we'll, we'll roll the dice on that guy. I think I would guess that he had other options, but I also look at it as, Here's another byproduct of this that I was kind of looking at it from this angle. If you open season conference uh, transfers, what I feel like will start happening, and not just within the Big 12, this would happen in the SEC potentially as well, or the ACC, is looking at the Big 12, you got Deuce up at Kansas State, who's having a great start to his career, the running back up there. And what if he starts looking at it like, man, you know what, our ceiling at K-State is eight, nine wins, uh, you know, but I could go down to Norman, or I could transfer to Austin, and be eligible next year, and they're all they're missing is a back like me. Well, what stops now all the, the teams that are trying to catch an Oklahoma, trying to catch a Clemson, catch an Alabama, from their best players not looking around saying, hey, I can be eligible there next year. I had a good game against Oklahoma. They know I can play. I'm going to transfer there because they got a back leaving early for the draft. I'm going to go fill that spot. And now all of a sudden what the unintended consequence is, right now it's a conversation of well, Oklahoma should just let him play, to eventually it's going to be a conversation of, 
the rich get richer because these uh, programs who are on the bottom trying to come up keep losing their best players who see the writing on the wall. I can increase my draft stock. I can play for national titles, win Big 12 titles or SEC titles by going to whatever that school is that's most dominant and happens to have an opening at the position I'm really good in. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure he does have other options, but maybe he doesn't want to go to San Jose State. Maybe he wants to stay closer to home. Maybe his dream is to play Power 5. Maybe he feels he's a Power 5 talent. And maybe the only Power 5 school that wanted to go on him was TCU because they have a quarterback opening. And maybe that's the depth chart he looks at where it's like, it's me and Max Duggan, you know, so that's my best chance of playing Power 5. There's so many different angles you can take here, um, you know, but what if Lincoln Riley goes to the NFL next season? Should Should all – the Oklahoma players be allowed essentially to transfer out, uh, you know, without penalty except into the Big Ten 12. I mean, you're talking a roster of 85 scholarship kids who might want to play at Texas Tech if they lose their head coach or might want to play in the Big 12 landscape because it's closer to home. And you're eliminating that opportunity. Of course, not eliminating it. You can go and sit a year if you want. But yeah. to, to kids, that's that's death. I mean, they don't want to do that. So yeah. I, I see your point. I got my point. I don't know the Chandler Morris situation as far as his other options. Um, I just know that I think Lincoln Riley is afraid of the knowledge more than the talent. And the knowledge is going anyways, even if he sits out a year. Yeah, and that and that's why, to your point, I agree. Like the knowledge, he can sit in the film room and not be eligible to play and tell him everything under the sun. So that's why I kind of feel and, and trend more towards he's making this stand for precedent because at some point it's going to be a much better player than Chandler Morris that we're talking about, and it's going to be going to a much better program within the league than a TCU. It's going to be going down the, down the road to Stillwater, going down south to Austin, and that's where it's going to really tie his hands – if he doesn't stick to it on this particular one. So yeah. And to your point, if, if a head coach leaves, I mean, that's a, that debate has been raging on forever as, as coaches can come and go and going back to, um, you know, a lot of times where that's taken place, we can point to a handful of situations where coaches up and left and players are there picking up the pieces. But I, I think that more often than not, um, you know, the, I guess at the end of the day, here's where I land on it, Mike, if the big 12 like they have to come in and change this rule and remove it from the coach's hands because what they're basically doing is they're leaving their coaches out to dry to have this debate and be tried in the court of public opinion when they're the ones that set, set the rule and you have coaches having to decide like, am I going to abide by the rule and stick to it? Or am I going to look like the bad guy? Because, you know, with my fan base one way or the other, because he's not going to please Sooner fans one way or the other on this. He, if he, grants grants uh, eligibility then he caved if he doesn't then some people are going to say oh he's petty so he's going to lose on on this with somebody no matter what happens and the big 12 uh big bob bowlsby gets to sit there in his commissioner's office and be absolved from this whole conversation when it's a rule that they set in place not these head coaches yeah and i agree 100 percent with that i mean lincoln riley's the, the the poster child and the villain here right and the NCAA starts it all. I mean, this should have been taken care of last spring. When we went to COVID, you could Zoom anything. You don't have to do in-person meetings. I, I get that the, the calendar from August 1st to August 1st for transfers was completely whacked out. There were seasons being canceled. There was talk of spring football. All of that was gone by January when they were supposed to vote on this rule. And they said, you know what? Uh, maybe it was snowed that day or I don't know what the heck happened. Maybe their Zooms weren't working. 
but they didn't get it done and they kicked it down the, 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 they kicked the can down the road and here we are still without this resolution and rule so you know people took it as i was attacking lincoln riley i don't know lincoln riley lincoln riley doesn't know me uh lincoln riley never responds to my interview requests around signing day to talk about his class um i like him as a coach i like what oklahoma does i just think in this situation he's fighting a battle that eventually is not going to be a battle and and i get both sides of it it puts him in a bad position and it puts people like me in a bad position because if i criticize him then all of a sudden i hate the sooners what what i just care about right now is that a kid wants to go to a school for whatever reason he should be able to go to a school because a coach can go to any school they want there's no one year sitting out if the defensive backs coach at oklahoma wants to go to texas tech and why are we treating coaches differently than players that's a great point i mean we have we've been treating coaches different from players for too long and i think that name image and likeness is going to start to shift the balance back a little bit on that so we'll uh We'll have to wait and see how that all shakes out and if there's any additional changes to these transfer rules that might make all of this a much cleaner process uh, for coaches and players alike. But, Mike, thank you so much, man. I, I enjoyed the conversation, enjoyed the debate, and just getting a national perspective on this. And uh, we'll love to have you back sometime down the road. Yeah, anytime. I, I've sort of transitioned to the godfather of the transfer portal, which I hate. <laughs> With, uh, this transfer portal, I wake up every morning, uh, and I just, I, I, I dread every day. <laughs> it's just, it's, there's thousands and thousands of kids out there with no home right now. And it's because the NCAA is holding them up. Henry Tuoto wants to go to Alabama. Alabama can't take him because they don't know their numbers because the rule hasn't been passed. So Henry has to go back to Tennessee. Tennessee says, we don't want you if you're in the portal, so you can't practice with us. So Henry's stuck, doesn't know where to go. And the NCAA is sitting there, uh, one Zoom meeting away from fixing all this. And I don't know what they're focusing on. So that's what kind of ticks me off. But, you know, the transfer portal is always going to be interesting and it's going to get better and better as far as drama is concerned. So stay tuned for that. And if you need me for anything, let me know. All right, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. All right. See you. Well, if there's anything we can agree on, we can definitely agree on this. The NCAA is one hot mess. But that's going to do it for us today here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our conversation on this whole transfer saga. But we'll see you back here on Monday. Enjoy your weekend, Sooner fans. Go follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. We're on radio.com app as well. Leave us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Love to know why you listen. And appreciate your support on social media as well. Keep engaging. Send us questions. And we'll be back here on Monday with more Locked On Sooners podcast. For John Williams, I'm David Walker, Boomer Center.